Welcome to the Reality of Herbal Therapy podcast. Today we're going to be talking about something that's common this time of year, and that's heat stroke. Yeah, but before we begin, we want to um, inform you of our disclaimer. Do not feel that by listening to this podcast that we have dispensed medical advice to you or have given you the ability to treat yourself or others with this information. We do not directly or indirectly dispense medical advice or prescribe the use of herbs as a form of treatment for sickness without medical approval. It's not the intent of this podcast to diagnose, diagnose or prescribe. The intent is only to offer herbal information from the herbalist's point of view, only for your consideration. In the event you use this information without your doctor's approval, you are prescribing for yourself, which is your God-given right. But the publisher and authors assume no responsibility. So on our panel we have Dr. James and Scott James. So I'll turn it over to them. Heat strokes, yeah kind of a personal thing of to me because I've had heat stroke, heat exhaustion and uh, it's no fun man, heat, heat stroke you get you, you get a headache that you just can't get away from so let's talk a little bit about heat stroke and what you can do about it <clears throat> we're not going to define it or tell you how, how it happens it's, it's that sun up in the sky just gets the better of you and you haven't taken time to do, to do some certain things. And I'm sure a lot of the information on the web, you can get that information. So, But let's talk about some, some different ways to, to deal with it. First off, once you've had heat stroke, you are more susceptible to it. In the summer, what I have to do is I take a bandana, you know, uh, and I wet it down and wring it out and put it around my neck. That cools the blood going to the brain through the neck. And if I do that early in the morning, if I'm going to be working outside, and a hat is real important, um, but if I put that wet bandana around my neck and I keep getting it wet throughout the day, I can tolerate heat a lot better, and it doesn't get the better of me. Because what I'm doing is I'm cooling the blood going to my brain um, that makes a big difference. Also, another thing is understanding the ratio between potassium and sodium. Now, I don't know what the current thought medically nowadays is, but when I was a kid, they used to prescribe salt tablets. Now, salt today has a, a bad rap, uh, and we've talked a lot about salt, the difference between good salt and bad salt. So, Salt tablets are used because the sodium in your body is just not enough. Sodium potassium is uh, our cousins, husbands and wives. They're cofactors. Uh, if you want nutrients across the cell wall, you have to have enough sodium potassium in your body. During the loss of a lot of fluids, um, that gets imbalanced. Also, another thing I've found that as if you do get heat stroke, one of the things that helps a, a, a little bit with me, and why I say a little bit, because the headache is just, it's just profound, is if you can, if what I do is I dilute some apple cider vinegar, and I pat it onto my head, you know. Now, the danger with using apple cider vinegar is it 
your eyes, if you get it in your eyes, you're going to know it. Now, it's not going to burn your eyes out, but it's going to feel it. So then you've got a headache and your eyes burn. So be real careful around your eyes. Just kind of pat your forehead and your back of your neck and just let it dry. Uh, and it will decrease the, the pain of the headache. Um, so apple cider vinegar is real important. I know for me, I don't get heat exhaustion or heat stroke if I drink what we call tea honey. What's it, what it does to heck is tea honey? <laughs> it's where you, you uh, make a concentrate with um, two parts honey, one part vinegar. We'll put the recipe on there for you. But basically, you make a concentrate and you use two tablespoons of um, honey and one tablespoon of vinegar. You mix that together. And then you put, in a cup of water, you probably put a teaspoon or so. Or a tablespoon. Whatever you like. Yeah. If you like it real strong. I don't like it real strong. Um, and then you drink that. I like it cold. I drink it throughout when I'm working or whatever, and it makes a big difference. And if I have started to get heat exhaustion or heat stroke, it pulls me back out of it a lot quicker than anything else. Well, it helps. It changes, restores, replenishes the, that those electrolytes that are being evaporated off of us in the heat. Wear a stinking hat. I mean, that get used to wearing a hat and. And uh, I see these guys sticking the hats on backwards. They ain't going to do you no stinking good. Put the st- hat to where it shades your face. Who cares if you look fashionable or that kind of stuff. Or get you, get you a straw hat or something like that. If you're going to wear a hat, get something real dorky. You get know? a sombrero. Yeah, you know. Well, you, you know, the, uh, that culture understood heat. And those those weren't just fashionable. Um that really shaded people. It makes a big difference. Now, um, we've got the, in the show notes the uh, either a place to to go get the recipe for tea honey. Tea honey is a an awesome formula. Doesn't doesn't just help with heat stroke. It helps with all kinds of stuff. So there's some information there. You want to go read that. Also, there's an herbal formula. If you have a tendency to to get hot or to get cold or the, the temperature in your body just doesn't regulate very well. There's a formula called blood wash that will help your body uh, regulate its heat, its heat a lot better. So let's say you're going to go pour concrete and you're going to be in the sun in the morning and then in the afternoon and you, you just don't want to protect yourself. I'd probably take a couple of blood wash and take one before you go to work and and one later on when you get a break, which you probably, if you're pouring concrete, you're not going to get a break. Uh, I admire people that do concrete, especially during the summer, because just like concrete, we are like concrete. When you pour concrete, you've got to wet it down and keep it moist because if it dries too fast, it cracks, it's nasty, It's uh, and that's the way we are. We, and we forget that we need to water ourselves down, and we need to uh, keep the moisture in us. Now, personally, I think too cold of water, you know, cold, cool water's great, cold water's great, but drinking really, really, really cold water uh, sometimes will irritate uh, it for people because it's just too too much of a difference. I think I've, something I've noticed when I drink tea, honey, when I'm out working, and I don't remember to always drink a whole bunch when I'm out working, but if I use tea, honey, <coughs> I find that even though I don't always remember to drink as much, I still don't get heat exhaustion because it 
it hydrates me differently than just drinking water. I'm able to um, work and <laughs> forget a little bit and then go and get some tea in it. So you're able to abuse difference. yourself a little more? Well, I'm able to... I'm drinking something that absorbs better. I was expecting a yes there. <laughs> I know you were. Um... To some degree, I guess, but Tiani, it I feel that it absorbs a lot better than um, than just water does. Well, it, I believe that's true because there are some physicians that don't believe that water out of the ground does as much good. Their posture is that organic water that comes out of a fruit or a vegetable is much better. And that's the only thing we utilize. Well, I don't know if it's the only thing we utilize, but it's a much superior form of hydration. So you're making water, inorganic uh, water, organic water, by putting a, something in it, mm-hmm. like tea honey or lemon or mm-hmm. something like that. It's a big I've, difference. I wash with my wife with, um, swell, uh, with being pregnant, she'll swell. And sometimes she can drink a gallon of water and still swell. But she could drink a gallon, a half gallon of tea honey and not swell. There's also another formula we use that you might want to try if you're really susceptible to this, and that's healthy cell. It's a powder that, that you put in water. And it doesn't have to be in the, in the concentrations that, that the label recommends. Just a pinch or two, a, a, about a thimbleful, and a big old quart of water it makes a big difference. It makes it look like you're drinking uh, muddy water. But it's, it becomes organic. It also changes the pH. So healthy cell is also a, a good uh, addition to that. There's not ever going to be some magical drug or pill that solves this problem. This is you being in the sun too much and not hydrating yourself. Uh, and I want to speak a little bit about those issues. We, as people, have bought into the idea that that the sun is bad. Our sun was created for us. We were created under this sun. And when they start, you know, people... I know people put big old gloves on to drive because their hands are going to be exposed, and they they try to hide from the sun. Now, the sun's good for us. That's where we get vitamin D... Uh, but in like the great southwest where we live, you know, hiding from the sun. If you hide from the sun, you get enough sun. But this, the stuff they slather on your skin that is to protect you from the sun, you're much better off using coconut oil and then wearing a nice hat and covering your skin up versus trying to hide from the hide from that stuff and put these magical lotions on when in reality they end up in the liver and my wife she's really white and it used to be she go out for five minutes and she'd be burned she's a little white girl <laughs> yeah she's pretty darn white um but she's been um walking in the mornings and slowly started to get a tan and now since she has a tan she can handle being outside yes and some people just they never allow themselves to get a tan sometimes through sunscreen or other things like that. It's it's okay to get a tan. It's actually really good for you to get a tan because then you don't burn as much. <laughs> well, we we have a, a nation of cave dwellers. We live in a house. We run to the car, get in that car, and then we go live in the cave in the office with these these lights, these tube lights that don't really have any spectrum to them that we really like or appreciate our bodies. So... We are, we are still uh, uh, cave dwellers because we hide in our buildings. 
the best time to get sun is morning and in the evenings because mm-hmm. it's coming at us a little bit more through the, the atmosphere. And it takes a little bit of work, but I, in my opinion, that's the best sunscreen there is, is to, or to prevent burn, is to go and spend a little bit of time in the sun progressively a little bit more until you have a tan and you can handle a little bit more and a little bit more sun without it actually burning you. So are you recommending we all look like handbags? <laughs> I've seen people that have tanned to the point of where they look like they're a handbag. No, I'm not saying that we should look like a handbag. Okay. Um, so, like if you're going to fry potatoes in a skillet, they stick to the pan if there's no grease. So grease yourself up. Use a little coconut oil. It moisturizes the skin. It doesn't take all the, all the moisture out of the skin, and it prepares your skin to be able to have the good benefits of the sun. Um Plus the fact it puts oil right there that your body's going to be creating vitamin D and it needs oil to transport vitamin D, E, A, and K. You know, it's interesting too, you know, that we have such a deficiency of D and the missing element actually, well, actually it's cholesterol that comes to the surface of the skin that's there's interaction with the sun and then there's vitamin D. So uh, perhaps high cholesterol is part of the problem is not enough sun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, you got all those ingredients floating around, but never seeing the sun, or having this magical potion wiped on your skin that that blocks those rays. Mm-hmm. Uh, moderation in everything, you know. If you water's great, but if that's all you drink, and you you just you just constantly drinking water, and you've got gallons and gallons every day, that that can really pull a lot out of you. Same way with sun, you don't need to be moderate with it. <clears throat> Hydration is the biggest thing. I think most Americans are dehydrated. Most Americans don't really drink water. <coughs> I mean, water would be good. I mean, tea would be better. But most people drink Coke and flavored water and all That's kinds of That's because water is so nasty. You you say water to people and they look at you like, oh, yuck. Yeah. Um, but doing then that process of Americans drinking all this processed waters... Yeah, I'm no wonder. It's one of the number one things on Google looking for heat, ex- um, looking up heat exhaustion because nobody's hydrated. Yeah, well, and, and then they recommend things that I object to, like like products that pull back up the electrolytes. Which in reality, you look at the ingredients, and there's there's excitotoxins, there's colors, there's dyes. Uh, tea honey is the uh, electrolyte replacement. Um, let's talk a little bit about soda. When I was a kid, it was when we got a soda, we had to share it with old stinking neighborhood, and we had to have one of those can openers that put a hole in it. You know, you, uh, I'm that old, yes. Uh, I'm past the generation of pushing this little tab or pulling this top off and stuff like that. We had to literally use a can opener, and when we when we got one, we shared it with whoever was there, and so the, I always thought, well. I'll keep my mouth shut until there's less people here so I don't have to share so much. Because there's a little bitty stinky cans, about a 7, 12 ounce can. Uh, that And that was it. They get, would give us, maybe my mom was stingy. I don't know. She'd give us one can and the whole stinky neighborhood got it. Now, in the morning for breakfast, people you, you drink soda. That was never heard of. It was almost like alcohol. Oh no, I, I'm not going to have any soda in the morning. It was kind of like a you know, you don't drink until a late afternoon, uh, alcohol. So they had that same mentality about soda. 
Why would you want to put sugar and garbage like that into your body for breakfast? Well, why do we drink, eat pancakes and that kind of stuff? We, you know, it was a contradiction to me. Uh, sugar is sugar, but soda is is one of the main reasons Americans are dehydrated. Because for every ounce of soda, you dehydrate the body about seven ounces. So you think about it. People drink 32 ounces a day. Well, I know people drink 32 ounces three or four times a day. It is, it, it, there is no thought of, well, why am I drinking this? You know, uh, should I drink this? It's like, yeah, it tastes good. It makes me feel good. I'm going to drink it, uh, which is a destroyer of health. <clears throat> so if you have problems toward uh, heat stroke, stay the heck away from sodas. No, when it comes, to, I mean, we're talking about heat stroke, but there are a lot of other things that come from heat exhaustion. A lot of people complain of headaches these days. Uh, it's a really common complaint. Most headaches come from dehydration. Yeah, and the, um, it's the water you're taking down to take the pill that's going to cure you that generally helps them more. <laughs> yep. Um, there's dehydration. I know that gets to me the quickest. And some people, like there's women that get um, a lot of swelling during pregnancy. There's... Um, all sorts of different things that come from dehydration. And just by drinking more water or some tea honey, it makes a huge difference. Huge difference. Take your hand and just hold that. And then just pinch pinch the skin up with your other fingers. And see if it just drops down immediately or if it hangs up there. Okay? That's one of the ways to see if you're dehydrated. If it hangs up there and it just looks like somebody's invisible fingers are still pinching you, you're dehydrated. Now, there's many other ways to test it. That's one. People that have edema and things like that are dehydrated. Okay? Yeah, but they're holding on to water. Yes. Isn't that interesting? They're holding on to water because the sodium-potassium ratio is not correct in their body. The world will say, stay away from salt. If you have heat stroke, you better start taking salt. Now, there's there's a better choice. If you can find a brand, and I can't tell you right off the a brand, you want unrefined salt. Generally, pink Himalayan salt safe. So, instead of little tablets, you get a pocket full of little pink granules of Himalayan salt and put that in your pocket. Now, the, the nice thing that I've noticed about salt is that... Anything that's natural has an, a gag reflex. When you get enough, you get enough. It's like honey. You can't just eat honey all day long. You get to the point where, oh, yeah, I've had enough honey. That's the same way it is with with unrefined sea salt. It's pretty hard to overdo it in the sun. Mm-hmm. So the best thing is to stick those tablets, commercial tablets of salt. Just get a... Table you can get some of the kosher stuff that's a little bit of more like a rock salt of the pink Himalayan that you could suck on one of those little guys. Yeah, and it's, and it's enjoyable. Um, but try to try to get a good quality salt. Now, the difference between salt is a transporter of fluids and nutrients across the cell wall. And what happens is salt gets in the cell and it can't get out very well unless potassium replaces it by bringing more nutrients and and fluid into into the cell. So there's a sodium potassium ratio that's off balance by those people that that are swollen generally. And sometimes it's a really good thing to use the salt tablet, but also to use the 
Tiani, because there's a lot of potassium. If you get a good vinegar, there's a lot of potassium in vinegar. And that's why we recommend apple cider vinegar. Um, but another thing I want to mention is this, well, I guess a side effect of drinking Tiani. I know that whenever I would regularly drink Tiani, I was I was in uh, Tennessee for a while, and I would ride bike, and I would, by the time i get where I was going, I was dripping. I was soaking wet <laughs> because of the sweat. And I'd ride around, and if, when i come back for lunch, I would chug tea honey down. <laughs> and then I'd come back for dinner, I'd chug tea honey down. But I found that I didn't get snackish in the evening when I drank tea honey. So are you saying tea honey made you sweat like a dog? No, I'm saying I, you know, the side effect of tea honey, I think, is that it doesn't, it makes it so you don't get snackish. Like, I ate and I was hungry. That's a real problem. But I didn't get snackish in the evening. And that wasn't specifically why I was drinking it. I was drinking it because, well, partially, I think it tastes good. Uh, And the other side is that I knew I was sweating out a lot and I felt a lot better when I did it. Well, that's part of the way the body kills itself is with sweat. Yeah. You know, that's a normal problem. I've noticed that when people drink tea, honey, their sweat doesn't smell like a dead dog. I think part of the reason I sweat so much in Tennessee is because I was driving through the humidity and it was partially draining off all the humidity I was hitting. But dang, I was sweating like crazy. Now, we we love the people in Tennessee, but we also feel sorry that they have so much kudzu, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You've got to be a medical thing. We've got to figure out what's really good for kudzu. When I was working in Wildly Natural, they have it on the shelf. They use it as a detoxifier. Wow, cool, cool. We had a market that helped <laughs> get rid of all that kudzu. In yeah, have people Tennessee. collect it for us in Tennessee. They yeah. say goats take care of it the best, though. We turn it into little round balls that can't even hardly be used in the garden. Let's <laughs> run it through mulch. Okay, we got to carry it over here. You know, <clears throat> there's we could go on and on. L- listen to some of the uh, podcasts on uh, sodium potassium ratio, and that'll help you a little bit. The best thing is to carry a pocket full of those little uh, rock salts versus the commercial uh, pills because they have just sodium chloride in them. Sodium chloride is not good, but salt is great. Now, there's a big difference between unprocessed salt and... And uh, and, if, and if a box or a bottle says sea salt, it doesn't mean it's good. Because it has they to be can unrefined. It has to be unrefined because they can market sodium chloride under sea salt because that's where it came from. It came from the sea, but it's been processed. It's like oil. Oils have to be unrefined, also. So um, I think we've chewed on this a little bit more uh, enough. Anybody else have any questions or anything else they want to go over? Okay. Uh, wear a stinking hat and you use a wet bandana. And it works better if you start off with it versus, oh, I'm tired of the heat. I'm going to go get a bandana. It it helps. But if if you don't allow that blood to get real hot in your body um, and you get overheated, then it's easier to, to deal with it if you start with that wet bandana in the morning. Thanks. <laughs>